Welcome to Douglas Wilson's Blog and May Blog, presented by Canon Press. Biden their time, Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Introduction. Every so often, it is needful to step back a few paces and look at the whole chessboard from another angle. Political junkies can be like cats chasing the laser dot and can be overwhelmed or overloaded with too much information. Regular folks who do not follow the news all that closely can frequently be just led along by the headlines or chirons of stories, stories that have been allowed by the gatekeepers to become stories. The end result is pretty much the same. By various devices, the narrative is reinforced. Whether we are shooting the rapids of the news or floating down the lazy river of the news, at the end of the day, we are all still wet. And having gotten as much as I'm going to get out of that particular metaphor, let me just say that the range of acceptable opinion settles in around everybody like a dense fog off the bay. The narrative, you may recall, is whatever our society's left brain wants us to believe. With individuals, the left brain is responsible for rational, logical thought. With societies, the left brain does nothing of the kind. Societal left brains spent all their time trying to figure out how to get the Fed to pump more methamphetamines into the economy. You may have noticed that this is the introduction, Winkler, but what is it an introduction to exactly? Yes, okay, quite. That is the question. Lay off the sock puppet. Regular readers of this blog may perhaps recognize that I've not written a whole lot about Joe Biden's role as president. That is true enough, and there are various reasons for this. The president's obvious senility means that whoever is responsible for putting him out in public like they do is guilty of a grotesque form of elder abuse, and the conservatives who respond to that particular travesty by dunking on his senility are not much better. The whole thing is just sick and twisted. Besides being wrong, it is about as rhetorically effective as kicking kittens would be. But don't get me wrong. Prior to his decline, Biden was as seedy and mendacious and corrupt a politician as you might be able to locate anywhere, which is saying something, with enough of a mammon appetite to be able to digest three Ukraines all by himself. He was the kind of ruler that Exodus tried to warn us about, Exodus 18.21. For writers and observers who were called to defend our republic, he was a deserving and worthy target. Fine have at it. But now that he's a sock puppet for another set of unknown criminals, one doesn't know what proper nouns to use. Who are we talking about besides probably Obama? Let us just use the name Biden as a placeholder. Where we are this minute. We should be trying to figure out how the heck Biden's mishandling of classified documents became a story. When it comes to smothering stories harmful to Democrats, the big tech media government intelligence agency complex is the heavyweight champion of the world. And this story, this actual story, has not been smothered. It has pundits on the TV, left, right, and in the middle, furrowing their collective brow and saying that, hmm, this is all very serious indeed. Who told them they could talk that way? It is as though Muhammad Ali, at the very top of his career and in peak form, got KO'd by Pee Wee Herman. One begins to suspect some funny business and perhaps the involvement of gamblers from Atlantic City. I mean, think about it. When it comes to this sort of thing, as David Berg put it once, the job of the media is to cover such stories with a pillow until they stop moving. They know how to do this. And when it suits them, they know how to quit doing it. Maybe they quit doing it for a reason. If we were to make a malfeasance roster of all the Biden disasters, which were successfully brazened out by various officioids, whose consciences must look like medium-sized leftover pieces in the bottom of a beef jerky bag, we would be talking about a tightly woven 300-pound cluster of indecipherable and inexplicable crimes with Hunter's laptop as the Rosetta Stone. 
So right after the midterms, a bunch of classified documents were found in problematic places, like in Biden's garage next to his Corvette. Now, let me query you this. Does the Washington establishment and Biden's handlers have the capacity to prevent a story like this from coming to light? Of course they do. Does the national media have the power of making this story crawl whimpering back down into the memory hole? Why, of course they do. Why aren't they doing it? Ah, where are we now? We have gotten two years into Biden's administration, if you insist on calling it that, and we are now past the midterms. There are no more political mile markers until a year from now when the presidential primaries start to gear up. Oh, goody, I can hear you thinking. They are preparing to replace Joe Biden with someone more to their liking, and they must have settled on some sort of plan. They are at least far enough down that road that they know what they're going to do with Joe and with Kamala. It is not going to be pretty, and for those with eyes to see, it is also going to be pretty obvious. After a long train of high crimes and misdemeanors, they are going to get him because they conveniently found some papers beside a car. W.C. Fields on a Hot Gospel the problem is that we are being governed by scamps and miscreants of the highest order, and we are at a stage where they are no longer bothering to hide their evil deeds. They're just doing what they do right out in the open, where people can see it if they want to. If you are an average conservative Christian, and you've been watching the demolition job that is being conducted on your country, the chances are pretty good that at some point your wife turned to you and said, but what can we do? The answer to that question is pretty straightforward, and it's coming up in a minute. Before saying what an effective response would be, let me spend just a moment on the source of our helplessness, how we let Delilah cut our hair. It is times like this when a preacher with a hot gospel should quote the title of a W.C. Fields movie, You Can't Cheat an Honest Man. It is true that we are being governed by scamps and miscreants. That is true, and it is exactly what we deserve. If we did not deserve rulers like this, we wouldn't have them. Quote, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn, Proverbs 29.2. The people mourn because they are coming to realize that they have brought all this misery down on their own heads. In the providence of God, we get the government we deserve. The only way that we can get a government that we don't deserve, e.g. when the righteous are in authority, is through repentance and faith. Unrighteous rulers are the wages of sin. Righteous rulers are a gift of grace. And the word tells us that those who would be recipients of grace must repent and believe. This is true on an individual level when we are talking about someone becoming a Christian, and it is also true on a corporate level when we are talking about a revival, an awakening. Those Christians who believe that we should stay out of politics and quote-unquote just preach the gospel are saying in effect that we should tell the nation to repent and believe. But, they hasten to add, we cannot tell them what to repent of because that would be getting into politics. But the message is not repent generically and believe in the Jesus who will wash away all your undefined brokenness. That doesn't work. Sins must be named, and most of our corporate sins today are political. If our rebellion is political, then our repentance must also be political. What can Christians do? They can model this repentance. The nation needs to repent, and we have millions of professing Christians living in this place who need to show them how. What can Christians do? The list comes in no particular order. Do what it takes to get your kids out of the government schools. Find a church that worships God reverently and teaches from the scriptures faithfully and submit yourself to it. Be done with porn. Start singing psalms. Refuse to comply with ungodly mandates. Next June for Pride Month, make sure your company has an HR situation. Husbands, take the lead in your homes. Wives, obey your husbands. Read a book of theology that is more than 100 years old. Start sitting down to dinner as a family. Scrub your kids' Spotify playlists. 
Stop listening to compromised evangelical teachers. Reject every form of homosexuality. If you don't have a rigorous Bible reading program, then join the Bible reading challenge and stick with it. Repent of your diseased and damned secularism. Find the old paths and walk in them. In your prayers, ask God in his sovereignty to use the gunk on Hunter's laptop to usher in a third great awakening. Stop yelling for that gunk to lead to indictments. Pray instead that the gunk would lead to all of Judea flocking to John the Baptist. If by the grace of God, the previous paragraph became an accurate description of millions of American evangelicals, a lot of our corrupt public shenanigans would rapidly grind to a halt. And why? Because you can't cheat an honest man. If you are enjoying these videos and would like to support this channel and the work of Canon Press, join up at Canon Plus. Just click the link, create an account, and have a look around. If you use the restrooms, leave a dime on the counter.